Well, we discussed uh, two weeks ago Kedish Shalachad Issa. We went to all the different scenarios of Kedish Shalachad Issa. And one of the examples of Kedish Shalachad Issa, which we discussed, was the candlesticks. For example, can I give a present of a candlestick to the Chosin and Kandal on Shabbos? There's a million in certain towns that will come Friday, the Friday night after Shabbos is coming. And the parents, Kandal's parents, the Chosin's parents, whatever which one it was, would walk around to the Chosin and Kandal with the candlesticks on Shabbos. And we discuss that a candlestick in itself is a Kedish Shemalachad Issa. It's not a Asa for any other reason other than that. This week we'll discuss the other problems with a candlestick that's been used for a candlestick on Shabbos. But two weeks ago we were just discussing Kedish Shemalachad Issa. So we moved on from there to discuss Shabbos lamps. Most electronic equipment, most, not all, but most electronic equipment is only Muxa because of a Kedish Shemalachad Issa. Because electronic equipment is, is used and every time you use it there's an issue involved, it can be used for other things as well. You, know, you can use a, a, a phone to, as a paperweight and you can use uh, other electronic equipment for other, other uses as well. The primary use is for an issue, so therefore we consider it a case from that So we discussed a Shabbos lamp. Uh, the, the reasoning behind a Shabbos lamp, why a Shabbos lamp is permitted on Shabbos, is primarily because of the top area which you turn is not part of the of the cave and it's a separate entity so you can turn it around and there's no problem. We discussed the question, sometimes you, you put you set your shelves lamp and you put it on your bedside table or wherever it may be and it's not angled right and I just can't get you know no there's a make an angle with lots of colours so this page is a black page and the writing is yellow and it's very difficult to see. So you want to angle the, the lamp, move the lamp to towards you so the light actually shines on the paper and you can read what you're supposed to be reading and you get to see a bit quicker. So we discussed two different types of Shabbos lamp. The old type of Shabbos lamp and the new type of Shabbos lamp. Now the old type of Shabbos lamp is basically a normal bedside lamp. That's what it is, just a normal lamp with a low wattage bulb inside it, a type of fluorescent, one of these low energy bulbs. It's not an LED, it's a low energy bulb. And that, the reason why they work, admittedly, concept behind it is that because it's a low energy bulb there's no heat, it's very little heat, not enough heat that can cause trouble, and therefore you can actually close the bulb inside this little tube and uh, not risk the 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 there should be any fire or anything like that. So the bulb itself is not fire. The bulb itself is just gas. So that's what low energy bulbs are, they're just gas. The bulb itself is not more than a cadish lapidator. The holder the lamp, the lamp itself is also a Kedish Lachadisa. So technically it should be permitted to turn the Shabbos lamp in any direction you like other than just opening and closing it. You can even turn the lamp. However, there are some rub on him and I've never tested it so I can't vouch for it. Uh, I'm not 100% convinced it's true but it would need somebody to try it. They claim that when the point of connection between the bulb and the base and the, the lamp holder is uh, the bulb that has a metal Metal base, if you screw into the, the base or the two pins, if you, you clip into place, and then it connects to the lamp holder. They claim that after a while that gets red hot. Uh, I find that a bit difficult to believe because I don't believe if there's anything red hot in a confined space, it is actually part of the legal, any, the legal requirements for it to be safe. I, I don't see how it can be safe. How can you allow something red hot to be in a, in a container? But I've never tried it. So they say if it comes red hot, then it's fire. Fire is muksa. Fire is muksa and machmatsu It's muksa because fire has no purpose to it. Meaning, 
there's no method of using fire other than warming yourself by it or using the light of fire. It's like coin, it's like money, it's much of And then they claim that you can't actually move a Shabbos lamp around. You can open and close it, but you can't move it around. What they then came out with, and don't forget in Judaism, whenever one person comes out with a chumrah, somebody else makes some panos on it. So they came out with a new Shabbos lamp. This time, a similar concept, but instead of it being a low energy bulb, they put in an LED bulb. Now, LED does not take much energy at all, and therefore the, the connectors do not get red hot onto everybody, and therefore you can actually open and close the lamp and move it and then turn it around and do what you like with it. It's only a case of that issue. You can't move it for no purpose, you can only move it for a purpose of the Tzayyot Gufay or the Tzayyot Makoma, as we discussed in the, in the previous year. But the, the reasoning behind the new lamp and why the new lamp is, is is making money for whoever brought it out, it's purely because some of these went and, uh, went and pushed the concept that that's muksa because there's fire there, it's real hot, I don't know if it's true or not, and therefore once I've done that, then everybody else might have to go and buy a new lamp because it's almost impossible to get the lamp exactly angled right before Shabbos and needed that way. So it's just a way of making money. But I can't, if you want to try it, uh, don't mind if you put a lamp on for a few hours and then open it and try and touch it and see if it's red hot. I don't know if you'd ever see it with red hot because it's probably, probably stainless steel uh, over short and notice. It'll definitely get warm. It'll get warm, but warm doesn't bother me. It's got to be red hot. It's got to be hot. Okay? As far as I remember, I don't recall what I had to suffer this evening, so I'm not going to remember exactly what we said last two weeks ago. I hope you don't mind. Don't tell my wife that. <coughs> right, this week we want to move on in Hilfus Mukset, and we want to move on to the second part of Candlestick, not that candlestick is what we're discussing, we're discussing the concept of muksa, which is also probably extremely relevant in a home of a week, week in week out. Last week we discussed from Lapalissa, which as we said is probably the most prevalent muksa that you're going to come across in your home on a, on a weekly basis. But the other aspect of muksa which you will come across, and you do come across every single week, sometimes you realize it, sometimes you don't, is the concept of bosses. A muksa which is a bosses. Now bosses is not really a muksa in its own right. Bosses is not one of the, the types of muksa. Bosses just literally means a base. It means a base, that's what bosses is a base. And, and something which is serving the purpose of being a base for something which is muksa, then takes on the status of that which it's supporting. So we're going to use the example of a candlestick, because that's the simplest example for us to, to talk about, and it's relevant to almost all of us, every single, every single one of us, every Friday night. Now, as we said, a candlestick is only a case of an So, technically speaking, if I had a candlestick on my table, which I never used on a Friday, I didn't light on a Friday, I didn't uh, put candles in it and light it, and came Shabbos morning, I needed extra space on my table, I would be able to lift up the candlestick with my hand. Don't need to do anything unusual to pick it up normally, put, put it, move it onto the side and put it down. The cadence from that, the the soil from the framework is 100 centimeters. However, Shabbos morning, you want to make space on your table, and you light on your table, but no, most uh, astronauts don't light on the table, but most see them will light on the table. See them are very lucky to light on the table by the night, so the Indians are light on the table by the night. See them are very big into the morning. So, Friday night, the table will have the candlesticks on. Come Shabbos morning, uh, they're in the way, really. You don't really want them there Shabbos morning, because Shabbos morning, the children are there, guests are there, etc., etc., and you want the space. So why can't I just pick up the candlesticks? Move it to the side and put it down. It's a Kedish from Akhtar And a Kedish from Akhtar Isra, the Tsayyach Gufay, the Tsayyach Makaymai, is permitted to be moved in a normal fashion. So why can't I move my candlesticks? And the answer to that is, 
because this candlestick has now changed its status. It's not just the case of Lachalia. Since it had a candle inside it, and that candle, oh, I should say the flame of the candle is Muxa Mahmoud Gufo, and this candlestick is the base, the support, the holder of this Muxa, it contains this Muxa inside it, therefore it now takes on the status of the actual Muxa that it was holding, and it becomes Muxa Mahmoud And a lot of Muxa Mahmoud that we've learned, is that you can't move it at all, except for a non-Jew. A non-Jew is allowed to move Muxa Mahmoud but otherwise it's forbidden. That's why when you come here on a Friday night, and we have a sense here on Friday night, and you light a candle in the middle of the table, and along comes a non-Jew and he moves the candlesticks away, that's fine, because it's Muqsa Mahmas Gufre, a non-Jew moving, perfectly permitted. However, for a Jew to go and move those candlesticks, even if the candle has extinguished and is not, uh, is not lit anymore, is also because the candlestick becomes subordinate to the primary functioning item that's part of this, the makeup of this kind of thing, which in this case is the fire, the flame. I wanted this flame to be lit for Shabbos. I want the light candles for Shabbos. And I want the candlestick to serve the purpose of serving this flame as a holder. So it now is a process of serving the, the, the actual flame. It becomes subordinate to the flame, takes on the status of the flame. And that's called the process of Dovah HaMuxah. Any process can, will become, any item can become a process with the Parameters, as we'll discuss, and within the criteria, as we'll discuss a bit later, that any item can become a process to double muksa, and will take on the status of double muksa. So another example would be a purse. And you have a purse with money inside. The purse in itself, as we discussed in the previous year, the purse in itself is a case from an Our primary use of the purse is to use as a purse. If I have an empty purse, an empty wallet, I don't have any credit cards in it, I don't have any money inside it, so... It's in the way, it's been left around on the table, left around on the floor, I can pick it up and move it away, because it's in my way. Okay, Shemalakla, the Issa, the Tzerek, Kufoy, the Tzerek, Mekoyma, it's committed to be moved. But the moment I put money inside it, it now, the purse now serves the purpose of a, of a purse, of the money, it's serving the money, to become subordinate to the money, that purse now becomes a Kali, Shemalakla, the Issa, Sorry, the, 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 the purse now becomes Muxim Mahmas because money is Muxim Mahmas the purse becomes Muxim Mahmas and becomes us. Becomes us. Broaden the example, if you have a drawer and you put some money inside the drawer, you put a purse inside the drawer. Come Friday, Friday afternoon, a few minutes before shop, you see your purse lying around and you, you haven't got time to run upstairs and put it away. So you quickly open the first drawer you see and you put your purse in and you shut the drawer. That drawer now is serving <coughs> the purse, which is serving the money, therefore the purse is a Muxamachmas Gufay, and the drawers are Muxamachmas Gufay. I mustn't open and shut the drawer. We'll come back to our drawers, which are full of lots of rubbish, we'll come back to that later. But, uh, imagine an empty, empty drawer just with money inside, so the drawer would now become Muxa, also don't open that drawer and shut it. Forbidden, 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 don't open that drawer. Stretch it one stage further. If I have a drawer which is underneath a table, I have a, a, a table drawer, a drawer which is in, sometimes in, in desks, right? A drawer in my desk. And I open the drawer and I put my purse inside that drawer. So now the drawer and the, whole, the table and the drawer is one unit. So while my drawer becoming a bosses to the purse, which is a bosses to the money, I'll have now the table being a bosses to the drawer, because the table is holding the drawer. The drawer becomes a bosses to the purse. The purse becomes a bosses to the money, and everything becomes looks like what's good Which is exactly what happens to your table every Friday night. But every Friday night, if you're serious, or if you're not serious, you just don't have anywhere to put your, your candlesticks like we, so we always put our candlesticks on the table. <coughs> so uh, uh, you put your candlesticks on the table, you light them, 
and the candlestick will go on a tray. The tray will go on the table. The candle will go into the candlestick. The candlestick will be put on a tray. The tray will be put on the tablecloth. The tablecloth will go on top of a table protector, I assume, and if you have glass, or glass, or whatever it may be. And then you have underneath it a table. You have now turned every single one of those items into muxum mat and come up to move your table. Start this morning. If you want to move it out of the way, or you want to move it somewhere else, etc., etc., would be also muxum mat You cannot move it on Shabbos at all because the table became subordinate to the protector, the protector to the tablecloth, tablecloth to the tray, tray to the candlesticks, candlesticks to the candle, and candle to the and everything becomes Anything that serves an item on top of it, an item doesn't have to be an item that is supporting, automatically becomes a boss because if I'm serving you, I'm subordinate to you. Right? That, that's the, the nature of service. To serve something means I'm subordinate to it. So if the table is serving the purpose of holding up the supporter, the table supporter, or the table cover, and the table cover is a tablecloth, etc., etc., it all now becomes a boss to the prime item. The main item that's on the table, which is a plane, and everything becomes everything becomes muscle. I can't move my table, I can't change my tablecloth, I can't m- move the tray, I can't move the table sticks up, the, the candlesticks off the table, everything is muxa. Machmat Gufoit, even though in their own right, they're either not muxa or they will be carrying muxa Kedishmakarita, which I will be allowed to move. But since it's now served a purpose of serving something which is more extreme muxa, it takes on that extreme muxa and becomes awesome. If I have a, a drawer full of pens and, and pencils, etc., which they're all just kalims from a lakdom minister, so through my drawer would also become muxa. It would be a muxa of kalims from a lakdom But if for some reason I need a pen or something from that drawer on Shabbos, the drawer will be muxa because the boss is, but they'll only take on the status of the muxa that's inside it. And the status of the muxa that's inside it is a keli from a lakdom Then I'll be allowed to open that drawer for the purpose of using the drawer if I need to on Shabbos. Because the case from after this, the Tzarek Gufot, or the Tzarek Gufot, is permitted. Or if the drawer's out, and I want to shut it, because it's in the way, then on Shabbos I'll be allowed to shut it. If, I, if my drawer has within, within it muksa, which is a Kedish from Nachtanissa, it'll take on the status of a Kedish from Nachtanissa. If it has inside it a muksa Nachmas Gufot, it'll take on the status of muksa Nachmas Gufot. It will automatically become subordinate to whatever it serves. So let's give you another example, that, and, and you'll, you'll understand the concept a bit better. I have a door in the town of Chazal, or, 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 even today, you came home from, from shopping on Friday, and the first place you put your handbag was over the door handle in the kitchen. Right, a very common, very common scenario, you put your, your handbag, handbag, muksa, it has with inside it, it has money, credit cards, and lots of money, and lots of credit cards, and pens, and the crazy you also put in your handbag, telephones maybe, and you hang it on your door. I've come Shabbos Friday night, you've had to go to bed and you want to shut your kitchen door because today you have to live in the fortress, so you want to shut your kitchen door. And then you suddenly realize, one second, I've got muxa on my door. Does my door become a bosses to the handbag, which is a bosses to the person inside it, which is a bosses to the credit cards or to the coins that are inside it, and therefore my door is muxa. And the answer is the door cannot become a boss. A door cannot become subordinate to your handbag. A door serves as a function purely to be a door. To open the shut, open the shut, that's what the, door, the purpose of the door is. It serves as a door to the house. It so happens that I am using it for another function as well. The door cannot become subordinate to, to your handbag. Your handbag does not 
the door does not serve handbags. It may be that in this case, I'm taking advantage of my door to hang my handbag on it, but it doesn't become subordinate to the handbag. The door does not become subordinate. Chazal actually didn't talk about handbags. Chazal talked about slightly different cases. In the time of Chazal, they would very often behind the doors, in the back of the doors, stick the, the candles, the lights in the room, would be stuck on the back of the door. That's how it was. You, you would put them in the back of the door without the way. It's a good position to put your, your, your light. Come Friday night, you put your lights on the door. So, does my door become bosses or not? Yeah, Chazal, your door does not become a bosses. Your doors do not become bosses. That's not its function. Its function is a door. The fact that I'm using it for another purpose doesn't enable it, doesn't make it become subordinate to a secondary use when its primary use is, is the door. So therefore it remains a primary use and can't become subordinate, even though it is actually holding up this bag, it's holding up this candle, it, it, it's serving the purpose of being a base for somebody who looks at it, won't become a box. We don't advise you to actually leave your handbag with a pillow on the door, because every time you open and close that door, you'll be moving... Muksa tiltul min hatsad and tiltul min hatsad is not something you want to be doing on a regular basis on Shabbos if you don't have to. So the advice is don't leave it on the door, go hang it somewhere safe. But if you did, your door would not be coming. So I hope that gives us a little bit of a background, a bit of an understanding of the concept of bosses. It's not a black and white concept. It's not a black and white concept. It's a concept where the base is serving the item of muksa, and therefore the item of muksa, the base becomes now subordinate to the item of muksa. I'll give you one more example, just to, so that it, you'll, you'll understand it a little bit better. I have a paperweight. Now a paperweight is a stone. A lovely stone. It serves no purpose other than being a stone, and I needed something to keep my papers down, because I've lost of papers in my office, which I can't bother working through. So I took a stone, and I put it on my papers. The stone is muksa. Now I need to get to a paper on Shabbos. Do I, do I say that those papers become a bosses to my stone on top of it? Or do I say it doesn't become a bosses? Now here's very interesting. Because when you look at it in its physical makeup, the paper is a base for the stone. But when I think about what's actually happening here, who's serving what? Or what is serving what here? Are the papers serving the stone? Or is the stone serving the paper? And the answer is... The stone is serving the paper. If that's the case, the paper won't become a bosses. It's not dependent on the physical makeup of a muksa on top of something, therefore it becomes a bosses. If the, the, the bosses is based around which one is serving which. And if I'm serving an item which is muksa, the tray is serving the item which is muksa, the tray will become muksa. If the tray is not serving the item which is muksa, then it won't become muksa. Even though in practical Logistical makeup, they look identical. One will be a bosses and one will be a bosses. So a paper, a paperweight, for example, will not become a bosses to, will not make the papers a bosses because a paperweight is serving the paper rather than the paper serving the paperweight. Another example, we've spoken about this in Kantan Chazal, they would often leave a stone on top of a barrel to keep the lid down. You keep the lid down, and we discuss that. How do you get rid of that stone of Shabbos? That stone is muksa. We spoke about lifting up the barrel and tilting it, tilting in Asad. There again, the stone would not make the barrel of bosses because it's not serving the purpose of the barrel. It's not serving the purpose of the stone. It's not there to hold the stone up. It's there. The stone is there as a means to keep the lid of the barrel in place. So you should stay, you should stay on. That's considered a non-bosses. You can't say the barrel is subordinate to the stone when the stone is serving the purpose of the, bar- of the barrel rather than the barrel serving the purpose for the stone. Are we clear?
So, it comes Shabbos, and I have my, I have my candlesticks on my table, and as I explained, I lit my candles, and everything's really fine and dandy, and Shabbos morning, I've, I've made everything in boxes. I made everything in boxes. Now, what do I do when I see this, and I insist on having my candlesticks on the table, and I know that by the time I finish the meal Friday night, my tablecloth is going to look more like ketchup than a tablecloth. What am I going to do for Shabbos morning? So you could just take a tablecloth and put on two-thirds of the table. That's not very nice, especially when you invite your next door neighbors and you drive a Lexus and you're a little bit, uh, a bit worried about that. So what do I do now? So here we come to a new concept in bosses, which is based on the understanding of what bosses is. And that's called the bosses, the Dongha Asa, the Dongha Hamukha. If I have a purse, and my purse serves a dual purpose, it holds money, it also holds, I don't know, um, my community side. And my community is very important to me. I say to them every single day. And if, if anybody asks you, which one would you prefer to lose? The money inside your purse or your kidney? You say, of course, the money inside my purse. My kidney is very important to me. Kidney is for everyone. My brother, my mother, my brother, my mother, my grandmother. And it's the necessary, the family, the players. It's a beautiful thing. And that's my, my, I had a purse made specially that can hold my kidney and hold my money. So I now have a purse which is a boss's. It's serving a dual purpose. It's serving the purpose of money, which would make it a bossist and subordinate to the money and therefore become muksa. But in this case, it's also serving the purpose of another item which is permitted. In, in the example that we gave, the tailor. So, I can't be subordinate to two things, can I? I can't be a servant to... Mr. A, and also be a servant to Mr. B. Or at least when I'm a servant to Mr. B, I'm not going to be a servant to Mr. A. I can't serve two people simultaneously. And if that's the case, I can't be subordinate to two things. If I can't be subordinate, then I don't become a boss. I don't become boss. So a boss is something which is serving the purpose of two items, one being muksa, one not being muksa, does not become muksa. Does not become muksa. And therefore, if I have a draw, which inside my drawer I have my muksa, I have my purse, but I also have things which are of use to me over Shabbos, which I need over Shabbos, so that the drawer is serving a dual purpose, that drawer will become muksa. And I now I'm able to open and close that drawer on Shabbos where necessary. I can't open and close it for nothing because I'm still moving my muksa inside it, which is a tiltum minatsad, and therefore tiltum minatsad, we don't just move muksa, even tiltum minatsad, without a purpose, but my drawer does not become muksa. We begin to get a way out of the complexity of bosses and try and resolve a number of issues that bosses will cause. Go on. It doesn't so much depend on 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 on, on majority on, on numbers, but it, it depends on on chashivas. Important now. Important doesn't have to be value, though value will play a part. Importance to be something which is necessary for me now more than the other item. Something which I need now on Shabbos more than the other item, than the Muksa item, then that would also be considered a Bosses Lava Asla Muta and will be permitted. If I have two items in a drawer, one which is Muksa and one which is not Muksa, but a non Muksa item is not really relevant, then you don't say, if you have a king and I'm serving the king, and I have another gentleman who's a dustman, and I help him out here and there. No one's going to turn around and say that I'm a servant to the king, and I'm also a servant to 
Mr. Dustman. You tell me I'm a servant to the king. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm, I help the Dustman. If I am a boss to something which is really chashed, lots of money, I've got a, a million pounds in, in my drawer. And I've also got in my drawer a tiny little, uh, I don't know, uh, sorry? In my pension, my pension. I've got a tiny little pension, which is very important to me. A million pounds, oh, a million pounds. So therefore, no one's going to say that this drawer is serving the purpose of the venture, and by the way, it's serving the purpose of the million pounds. You'll say it's serving there as a drawer for the million pounds, and by the way, that will be a bosses. Because then its function is a function of serving the mukta. It's got to be that this function is actually drawn, or even more, towards the heter than the iser. Technically speaking, but don't do that if you don't have to. Technically. If you're pinned in the screen according to it, is it something grammar? There we go, you see? Okay, so let's come back to the, to the Shabbos table now. So now on my Shabbos table I've got my candlesticks, which as we said, the candlesticks, the candles are, are muksa because it's the bosses to the, to the candles, which is the bosses to the flame, and my trays are bosses to the, to the candles, I need to find something that I can now put on my candlestick tray so that I can consider the tray serving a dual purpose. The purpose of my candlestick and the candle and the plate, but also at the same time serving the purpose of something which is water so that I can pick up the tray on Shabbos and move it somewhere because it's not possible. So let's, let's talk about the table, because that's a bit easier. The, the, the tray's a bit more complicated. So let's talk about the table. The table, a very simple answer to that. I put my chalas on the table, it says the and my table does not become my table cup, and all the table, the, the mats underneath it, and the table does not become a bus. Because Friday night, my chalas is extremely important. I need to make hamotzi, I need to say hamotzi on a lechem mishnah, and I need to have lechem mishnah on the table. So if I have on my table a Friday night put there before Shabbos ready on my table at the same time as I've got the candlestick, then my table is now a bosses, the Dava also, but it's also a bosses, the Dava Muta, which is extremely important to me. It's not important in value, but it's important in importance, in, in usage. I need my my I need my on the table. And therefore the table does not become a bosses the Dava also the Dava the same would apply if I laid my table. I've got really beautiful heirloom silverware, which I, I put out every Friday night to my cutlery, beautiful and, and crockery, and it's really stunning, and, and they're more worth, worth, worth more to me than the candlesticks, etc. Definitely worth more than the candles, but worth more than the candlesticks. Then my table now becomes a bosses, the dava, ha'asa, but it's also serving the purpose of the crockery cutlery, which is extremely important and very cautious to me. I don't have a problem with muscle on my table. The next day I can actually pick up my table, move the side, I don't have a problem with this. No, you can't touch the candlesticks. Sorry? We're going to come back to that in a moment. We'll come back to that in a moment. You can't move the candlesticks. The candlesticks are still muxa. The candlestick is still a bosses to my candle and to my flame. And my tray is also a bosses. All I can move is my table. Because my table is a bosses and the also the dogger I can't change my tablecloth yet because I still can't take off my tray. So now, Come back to the original scenario where I want to change my, my ketchup tablecloth and I have to find something that can be put on a candlestick tray which is chosher to me that it equates or it's greater, more chosher than the actual candlesticks themselves. 
And it's got to be something that makes sense to put on a candlestick tree. If I'm going to take something that doesn't make sense to put on that tree, it's got no, you never ever put that item on this tree, then you can't see the tree serving the purpose of that item. Because it's just, it's a nonsense. It doesn't, it, it doesn't go together. So I need to find something that actually works. That I would put on the tray, and I would leave it there, and the tray would sometimes serve the purpose of holding the item, and the item has hashivas to me, either value-wise or practically-wise, usage-wise, it has value to me today, and then my tray will not become a bosses of Dovah-Asr-Dovah-Mutter, it will only be a bosses of Dovah-Asr-Dovah-Mutter, and that will become Mutter, and on Shabbos morning, or whenever I want, I can go move my tray, no problem, the Shabbos is not now, it's very difficult to find things that actually fit on the tray, on a canvas tray, and, and make sense. So, the concept of putting your ring, which is something that the possible people like, I think my diamond ring, which is very, very, very important to me, it's very cost it's worth more than my candlesticks probably, uh, and, and I put it, if it's not cubic to and I put it on my tray, so I have now on my tray a, my candlesticks, but I also have my, shut my ring. Does that make sense or does it not make sense? That's questionable, because this, Never really, it's not the jewelry box. It's not meant to hold jewelry. So does it make sense for me to put something that doesn't have much connection to that trait? A lot of people will put something which is relevant for Shabbos. or put a Shabbos becker on it. Or a siddur, which But it's got to be that the tray makes sense to have the siddur on it. And that's a little bit complicated. It. So, so some people put siddur on it. Some people put a becker on it. A becker, you can have a tray. You put beckers on a tray. You can make it becomes a non-bosses and I can move my tray. I wouldn't move your tray with the candlesticks light, with the candle light, because you've got other issues with, with the moving lit candles, not mutter, and uh, one day when you come back after you finish with the spot, so I don't know about me, but whenever you finish with the spot, you come back maybe and stuff, uh, with this uh, avora and hadlocker and, and kibli and putting candles out, and we'll discuss moving candles on Shabbos in the scenario where it's mutter. But as the halachas of mutter, if you have a Mutter item, heter item on the tray together with uh, the candlestick, and it fitting and it makes sense, and you'll be able to move that tray and shove it as well. So let's stick it. Now we have to move. Now we have to move to a new, a new area of muksa. We're going to sidetrack for a moment just to cover what you're both asking uh, yourself and Mr. Scott are asking, and then we'll come back and we'll see how it's relevant to muksa. Now there's a lot in this muksa which you must understand. And it's extremely important for a lot of bosses. Extremely important. So we're going to sidetrack off bosses. We're going to talk about muksa in general. Then we have touched upon this in a few years ago. I don't remember when that was. I don't remember what it was happened, but we did discuss that. I think we touched upon it early on in the, in the cycle of muksa. The concept which lies behind muksa we discussed is based on the possibility of hechinu eshashayavim. Everything that being used on Shabbos has to have been prepared before Shabbos. Something which comes into Shabbos unprepared is muksa. Muksa means that you don't use it for the whole Shabbos. 
So if I enter Shabbos with something which is unprepared, not ready, not fit to be used on Shabbos, so I've set it aside because it's not fit to be used, and then it becomes fit on Shabbos, what happens? The answer is it remains. Because when he entered Shabbos, it was unfit for use. It remains unfit. You can't prepare food on Shabbos for Shabbos. You have to prepare food, or any item has to be prepared for Shabbos. And in the wording of Chazal, Chazal use a very ancient terminology to define this concept. And the wording they use is Migri the Iskatsoi in the Benash Moshes, Iskatsoi for the Shabbos. Since something has become Mufsa in the twilight period, the whole twilight period of Friday, Friday turning into Shabbos, it's Mufsa, meaning it's, it's not ready prepared for Shabbos, then even if it becomes, the reasons why it was Mufsa is removed from the item sometime during Shabbos, it will remain Mufsa on Shabbos. So let me give you the example that Chazal gives, because Chazal's examples are always much more to the point than an example that I can give you. Chazal talk about something called Gregorius Smuffin. We're trying to make raisins and, and dried dates, etc., and dried figs, whatever is dried fruit. Uh, whenever you make a raisin, it's called the Chazal, I've never made raisins, so I can't tell you, that's Chazal told me, so that must be true, that the, the, the process of drying it in grapes, so it should become a raisin, goes through a stage where it becomes edible. The grape goes from a grape stage, which is edible, to an inedible stage, and then, once it's fully dried, it comes back to an edible stage. So what you would do in the time of Chazal in the old days, you would go up to your roof, and you would have flat, lined roofs, you would climb up to your roof, and you would lie all your fruits, your raisins, and whatever, dates, whatever you lie them on the, on a mat on your roof, so they should be sun-dried, sun-dried raisins from Florida, right? So instead of having sun-dried raisins from Florida, you'd have sun-dried raisins in your back garden, in your roof. And you'd lie them out there, and you'd go up on a Friday afternoon to check them, to see whether they're ready to be brought up for Shabbos, because Friday night, especially in the winter, you have to have a nice food Friday night. You have to eat your, your raisins after the meal. You have to eat again after the meal, a bit of nash, because otherwise it's a bit uh, boring. So, no, no, not in those days. We're talking about in those days, not now. Anyway, so you'll go up to your roof, and you'll check your raisins. And you'll see that they're not yet edible. They're not edible. So what do you do when you see they're not edible? You say, oh, what can I do? I'll have to take old raisins from the top. I'm not going to be able to use these raisins in Shabbos. And you makta them. You set them aside. And you say, these are not edible. Shabbos morning, you, you went up on the roof or something. And on your roof, you suddenly noticed that the raisins are edible. They're not fit to be eaten. I'm not allowed to partake of those raisins. They chazal migui. Since they were unfit for human consumption, and therefore you set them aside and they became muksa, meaning they were not prepared for Shabbos as Shabbos entered the twilight area, in fact, twilight time of, of Friday to, to Shabbos, then they remain muksa the whole Shabbos and they can't be. They can't be. They can't be. An example of this would be, practical example, I'm going to give you one of my practical examples. An example of this would be if you had washing which you washed on a Friday wet washing on a Friday, and your spin in your machine wasn't very good, or you were very careful about your spin, you put it down to 600, and it comes out dripping wet. And you didn't have time to put it in your dryer before Shabbos to dry, so you hang it up on the rack, or you hang it up outside on the washing line, and it's summer, and you hope it wasn't going to rain the next, next, the next 24 hours, and it comes Shabbos morning, and you want to play in the garden, and you go out, you send it in, I don't know, it's washing up on the line. But the washing now is going to be lovely and dry. Can I take that washing in or not? Now, if that washing is wet before Shabbos, it's a fair 
it's wet enough that you can wet something else from it, which probably is not quite the truth if you put it on a good spin. But if it, the spin wasn't particularly good, so the clothes will still be wet enough to wet something else. Muxa. And that, that was the case, that was the status of that, those clothes right the way through the Friday night period. Because it takes a while for it to dry on the, on the line. So only dry a few hours into the night, perhaps in the early morning. So you now have clothes which were muxa. That means you had set them aside, you put them on the washing line, and you set them aside from being used on the Friday night period, the twilight period, from the beginning of Shabbat till when Shabbat actually came in and it was not. Then it remains muxa for the rest of the night. And every muksa will follow the same rules. Any muksa that's muksa on the onset of Shabbos remains muksa throughout the complete Shabbos. Why we have to fight something to discuss that is because it's extremely relevant to the process. Because you're going to ask me, I light my candles on Shabbos. And fine, so when my candles are lit, I've got fire there. My fire is muksa. I can't move my kind of fix when it's fire there because it's a process. It's now subordinate to the flame. The flame, the candlestick becomes muxa because of the flame, and then the tray becomes muxa because of the candlestick, and the tablecloth and the protector and the table, it all becomes muxa. But three, four hours later, my kind of has gone out. They're extinguished. So my muxa's gone. So why can't I just pick up my candlestick? The candlestick in its own right is only muxa, machmas, it's only a Kaleek Shemalach Dainesa. So I should be able to pick it up and move it. But the answer is, I hope that you all lit your candles before the onset of Shabbos, before the twilight time of Shabbos. If you, must. If you enter past the time of Shabbos, past Shkia, on a Friday, you mustn't light your candles. And then you can actually move your candlesticks. But you're going to have to light an extra light the next Shabbos for the rest of your life, so don't do that. So you, you have lit your candles before the onset of Shabbos. And they were there, they were lit. Right way through the very much period until not, because that's what you want. You want them to be lit, fill the meal, etc. So the muksa was there throughout the onset of Shabbos. The bosses was a bosses to this muksa throughout the onset of Shabbos. Therefore, the candlesticks now become bosses to the Dava and they are set aside and they have taken on that status of muksa throughout the onset of Shabbos and remain with that status of muksa throughout the whole Shabbos. Because Midrash is Katsoi of the Benashmoshes, something which is Muxa is set aside in the Benashmoshes in the twilight period, remains Muxa for the, 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 the whole shops. And therefore, without going through a... trying to find a loophole of bosses to love, bosses to love, and it would be possible to move your candlesticks, your tablecloth, your tray, table on Shabbos morning, even though there's no Muxa there at all. As such, the flame is gone. But they now all have the context of the Muxa Machmaskufoy, and it remains Muxa Machmaskufoy. So, if I want to create a Basis Ladova Asa, Uladova Amuta, which will enable me to move my table, let's go back to the example that we spoke about from the Shulchan Aruch, the example of the challah on the table. Friday night, I'm going to eat my challah. End of the meal, there's no challah left. So I now have on my table, candles, flame, candles, candlesticks, a tray, all sitting on my table, why is my table not, not a buses? And the answer is because since during Ben Ashmoshes, the onset period of Shabbos, my, my challah was on the table. And at that time, the, the table was not a buses, but it was rather a buses, 
It serves a dual purpose, a purpose of something which is permitted as well. Therefore, it didn't become subservient to the muksa. Therefore, it doesn't take on the status of the muksa. The fact that now that dava muta has been removed from the table is irrelevant. Is irrelevant. The table is not muksa. It does not become bosses. It may be a bosses now because there's a muksa on it, but I can easily get around that by putting some muta on it, or etc. Whatever it may be. So if I have a bosses on my table of Shabbos, I put a purse, I have a purse on my table of Shabbos, and we'll discuss, we haven't got time this week, we'll discuss in the next year, Hashem, there are parameters to what the definition of when somebody becomes a bosses, even when I'm actually using it as a, to serve the purpose of the muxer, not always does it become a bosses. But if I have something that was a bosses, I have a drawer which I put a person on Friday. And Shabbos morning, along came the guy or whatever it was, and he took the purse out, that drawer still remains muxer. If, however, I put a, a, if, however, the drawer on Friday night didn't have the person in, or a guy came and put the person halfway through Ben Hashemoshes, or you put the person on Shabbos itself, and then sometime later the Shabbos took the person out, the drawer is absolutely fine. It was not muxer the whole duration of the onset of Shabbos. And therefore, it doesn't take the status of Migadis Katsoyla bin Hashemashos Katsoyla Kuliyoma. I don't say since it was Muxa on the onset of Shabbos, it's Muxa throughout the whole Shabbos. And as long as that Muxa is taken off the, taken out of the drawer or off the table, the table or the drawer is not Muxa anymore. Clear? So when you ask me how long do I need to put my Becca there for, can I use it for my Kiddush? The answer would be, it would depend if you're talking about in the winter or in the summer. Okay? That's obvious, right? I don't need to explain why. I do need to explain. Because in the winter, I'm going to put my becca there, I'll put it on as soon as I light candles, and by the time I sit down for my meal, it's very relaxed. I can take it off, no problem. In the summer, I'd have to take it off, make kiddish, and put it back again. So that when it, the onset of Shabbos really starts, because in the summer we eat much earlier, Unless you're chassidish and you're not going to eat at 11 o'clock on the Friday night, but if you're not chassidish and you don't mind eating a bit early, like what you showed me did, then you will put it on, take it off, make it, and you have to put it back again. If you don't put it back, and the whole Ben Hashemoshah is it's not there, you have the same problem. Nigga just got sorry to Ben Hashemoshah. Does that resolve your problem? Okay, I think we'll stop it a bit late. I just want to show you a small, just something small that I thought about this week. And this week, so I don't even know where I got to. I just talked without knowing what I did say and didn't say. So I'll have to work, to work out where we're up to next week and move on. But we hope in two weeks' time we'll have to continue with the halachas of process in two weeks' time. The, the beginning of this week's Sadr Pasha Vayichi, Rashi tells us that Lama Pasha is Tumor. If you look in the Sefer Torah, and we've spoken about this a number of times in the past, if you look in the Sefer Torah, in between every Pasha, or different Pashas, inside the Sadr, and definitely between the different Sadrs, there's a gap between the end of the Sedra and the beginning of the Sedra. And that's called a super, parasha super. The gap which clearly tells us that the end of one parasha at the beginning of a different parasha. And we have different types of gaps. You have larger gaps, smaller gaps. Uh, if you look in your chumash, you see sometimes there's a samach there, sometimes there's a pei. The pei means the sukha, samach means stumach. Depends on the level of the gaps. Now, normally we have a parasha super, a larger gap between the one parasha and the other parasha. If you look in the same period, at the end of Vayigash, the beginning of Vayashi, there's no gap at all. You run straight through. From Vayigash, the last word in Vayigash, and the next word starts Vayashi, and there's no gap. So Rashi asked the question at the beginning, from Chazal, why is Loma Pasha Dustuma? Meaning, why is there no gap 
between Pashas Vayigash and Pashas Vayichi. It should make sense. It's a new sedra. It should be a gap between the two sedras. Rashi answers as follows. Rashi says, the feet shall lift them up and then shall be sold. Because the eyes of Kavisol became closed. Because this Pashas Vayichi is when Yaakov dies. When Yaakov dies, the goddess of Mishraim begins. So the Fishanistama and Nain shall be so Mitzaras Hashibut because Yaakov will die. Nistama and Nain shall be so. But we want to ask the question. We asked it here at the time of the Chalas and we gave a different answer then. Today I would like to just bring out a point, a different point completely. Surely there should be very, there should be a difference. Because up until now we were living in a time of Gula or Yaakov Avinu. Then we move to the time of Golas, that's two fundamentally different times, and I'll be that. On the contrary, if we don't have a gap, then I've got more letters in the Torah there. So, why is that, <laughs> more Torah is more light. So why is that Nistamai name shall be solved? It should be, with a gap, maybe I can see. That's the past, this is the future, and the future is Golas, terrible. So why, by closing my gap, have I shown Nistamai name shall be solved, that the eyes of Pazisot have now dimmed Mahmasaras Ashibu. I thought to myself something very simple. I said, you know what the greatest mystery of the nation is? I didn't realize there was a difference between Pashas and Yudash and Pashas. And they, they thought to themselves, wow, this is just a continuity. We used to have Yaakov, but now we haven't got Yaakov, but life continues the same. So the fact that we're in Shibbat, we don't even notice that we're in Shibbat with Israel. And that is what you should miss the mystery of the nation is. When a person goes out to the wide world, goes out to the goddess, the greatest goddess is, but they don't even realize they're in goddess. Well, we don't realize that we've lost the Yaakov of Venus. We don't realize that the past is the past. We're now in a terrible state, in the state of Golas. If we understand we're in a state of Golas, then fine. So there's a past and there's a present. And, and, and we understand that the past is the past, and we're now in the present. But when we're in Golas, then there's a chance that we can come out of the Golas. If he's in Nistamai, Neshad, he's from Machmastar, so Shibut. Yaakov of Venus died. Shibut started. And Kaisal hadn't even noticed. It was shocking when the children haven't even noticed that there's been a fundamental shift who they are and where, and where they are. Life continued as if it was just a, 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 a continu- continuation of the previous generation. Nistamai Neshev Yisrael. And that's the greatest, greatest goddess that we find ourselves in. We live in goddess all the time. And we don't even realize it's Nistamai Neshev. We have no idea what it means to live not in goddess. We can't even conceptualize what, what the life would be like with a Bishamibos. What life would be like with the prayer. What life would be like in, in the utopia in the time of Mashiach. We don't know. It's Nistamai Neshev. And that's the remez. Of 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 by passion like he loma passes of summer. Do you know why it's summer? Because the, the transition was so seamless that it didn't seem to be a transition at all. That is the greatest seamless in nine that person has. That we should understand that we're in Goddess, we should comprehend that we're in Goddess and, and realize the tragedy of Goddess and then Bezashem who'll take the Goddess and end the Goddess will be for the good of the card and have your main opponent.